What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Shout out to the Allman Brothers after the passing of Greg Allman. Um, sad day for rock and roll and just for the music uh, music scene in general. But we've got a lot to get into on the Gin Jag podcast here. Um, give you a quick rundown of what we got coming up on the show. We're going to introduce an all new game. I don't even know if we've ever played a game on the show before besides mm. drinking, but... Uh, we're going to get into that, talk OTAs, Telvin Smith's comments about the defense and the team, Cam Robinson signed his rookie deal, Brian Walters has been released, LaDainian Tomlinson has some interesting thoughts on Leonard Fournette, and likewise Ike Taylor has some thoughts on the Jaguars starting cornerback. So we're going to go ahead and get right into it. This is the 31st episode of the Gen Jack podcast, uh, presented by Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gen Jack podcast. They've hooked us up with some nice, funky new beers from their new location downtown on East Bay Street. I feel like we're the guinea pigs <laughs> trying out of all, all the new I experimental mean, stuff. You could say it's that great. if you want, but I mean, they have them available for purchase, so other people are drinking them too. But yeah, this batch this week is from their brewer, Jeremy, and he's done a lot of funky <laughs> stuff. He's got a rye IPA, 7% alcohol. Um, that is the beer that we'll do the uh, pop top segment for here in a little while. We haven't opened that one yet. We've also got the jam. Um, it's a bitter beer, 5.5%. It's pretty hoppy, but it's also got the bitters in there. It's so it's, it's interesting bitterness in there. And then we've got the Georgia and the Dragon oatmeal stout, which is uh, give me some of that. Very obviously a dark beer over there, and it's got some oatmeal notes in there. Um, I tried that one. That was the first one I tried. I like stouts, though, so I, I, I enjoyed it. It's not as thick as a normal stout, but it's good. I like it. And then we've all tried the bitter one as well, too. Did you try the bitter one, honey? I did. I'm actually drinking the bitter and the stout mixed. Oh, a little boy. Bit of, oh, a little dark and tan. I was getting into it over it's here. It's actually really good. I was I'm interested. So the uh, Bold City Brewery can be found online Ooh. at boldcitybrewery.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery, and make sure to go check out their new location on East Bay Street downtown. Um, shout out to them for always just hooking it up and uh, having some fun 
giving us these big 32 ounce crowlers. If you don't know what a crowler is, it's basically a growler in a can. If you don't know what a growler is, well, look <laughs> it up. Um, so again, thanks to them. I'm Jordan DeLugo, your host. I've got my two co-hosts. For the second week in a row, we're all together. This is just so wonderful. Gotta love it. That's what we call a winning streak. I think we've got more chemistry going on over the last two weeks than the Jaguars defense does, apparently. Apparently. Yeah, it seems to me like that. (laughs) But uh, you can find myself, Jordan DeLugo, on Twitter, at Jordan DeLugo. You can find Scott Klein on Twitter, at ScottKlein1. That's K-L-E-I-N-1. You can find Hunter Evans, I believe I remember it, even though I haven't looked at it since last week, at Coach... H. H underscore Evans. Yeah, it sounds right. I believe so. So, <laughs> if that's wrong, all right, it might be right. It, it's that's new good. for me too. So, <laughs> if that's wrong, we do apologize. But uh, whatever. Um, so we've got a lot to get into. We obviously don't have a time limit anymore like we used to. We used to have to keep it right at an hour due to recording restrictions. Now we can bump it up a little bit over an hour, so we've got plenty of time to get into everything we want to talk about. We're bringing in my uh, brand new nature segment, where yeah. I talk about all the Please birds God, that no. I've seen over the past. <laughs> yeah, and we've got Bob Ross over here painting the uh, description that <laughs> Scott's uh, spewing out over here. No, we're not going to do any nature segments. Not yet. <laughs> you know, who knows, maybe we'll get crazy with it one day. But we'll stick to the Jaguars for the most part for now. <laughs> um, we'll go ahead and start it off with the most interesting news of the last week. And it happened yesterday. Really kind of unexpected. Uh, it was just Telvin Smith going to talk to the media after the fourth OTA. It was just supposed to be pretty routine, nothing too interesting. Telvin decided to go off. <laughs> He was very unhappy about how the defense is coming together so far and where they are at this point. He said he was heated, and you could tell he actually was. It wasn't just mouth service, which it never is with Telvin. Yeah, Telvin is such a genuine and uh, heartfelt guy. He's always just fired up about football. Mm -hmm. So he said, with the players that we have, I just think as a team we should be further than where we are. He's obviously saying at this point he thinks they should be playing better than they are. And uh, he went on to make it clear that he talked to the defense after the practice and he wasn't happy. And he was asked again about uh, what he thinks the team should be better at at this point. And he said, just our mentality, the mindset of this team, things that we should be using to beat opponents are beating us. So... Uh, then he was asked again several times, uh, and he just said, I'll leave it right there. <laughs> so pretty much it was a public uh, lashing of his defensive uh, defensive teammates and their team as a whole, and he's trying to get their attention that yeah. just because OTAs were chill in the past, just because everything's been all chill in the past, it's not going to be that way anymore. Yeah. This is a new culture. We're bringing it. I think Telvin Smith's completely bought in. I think like his attitude has always been that of Doug Marone and Tom oh. Coughlin. So he's ready to go. He's fired up about it. Obviously, it's not a huge deal if the defense isn't where it needs to be at, in OTAs, which is not even mandatory. There's not a lot of new pieces on there. Yeah, and uh, a lot of the secondary has been out of it so far, which that's been part of what Telvin was um, talking about, how – the continuity's not there because Barry Church and Tashawn Gibson, neither of them have played yet. And A.J. Boye and Ramsey have both missed time. So is Colvin. So it's like really hard to get where you need to go when those guys aren't out there. Yeah. I, I mean, I I love what he's saying. You Me know, too. take take Somebody needs to step up. Absolutely. Somebody needs to be a leader. And, uh, I mean, he's... Yeah, he might be the leader that Jacksonville needs, uh, that... Our city and our team needs. He's, you know, he's a, he's a great personality. You know, I mean, yeah. he, anytime you, you get an interview with him, he's always got a smile on his face, and he's a, you know, he's a talker. He'll talk yeah. you off. Um, I mean, he's he might also be showing, hey, I'm a leader. I should stick around for a while. Yeah, I can bring us. You know, let me let me lead these warriors <clears throat> on the path. 
Yeah, he also uh, talked a little bit about Miles Jack and Paul Puzlesny, both switching positions, and he said they're they're coming along, they're growing, they're learning, but again, it's not where it needs to be. And you wonder if it's tough for Telvin dealing with Miles Jack being in the middle, not really know what he's doing yet, and not having that chemistry that he obviously has with Puzlesny, because Puzlesny not only uh, had been playing with Telvin for the last three seasons, but I'm sure he was immediately a rock for Telvin to get Telvin in the right spot, all that sort of thing. And now maybe Telvin is trying to have, kind of having to try to get Miles in the right spot. Yeah, it's it's almost erasing three years of, you know, just uh, fluidity in the linebacker core, just always having a solid guy right next to you till you're starting over again. You know, it's, it's the first time he's played at, except for when Paz has been hurt. Yeah. Um, with somebody else. So, I mean, it's, you got, somebody's got to take hold and, and makes it, make sure things are going in the right direction. Yeah. And, uh, Smith also commented on athleticism. He basically said athleticism doesn't matter because hard work beats talent every time. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how athletic we are. We have to go bust our ass and uh, go get better and, you know, win every day, not just get better every day. (laughs) (laughs) St. Gus Bradley no more, that's for sure. He's not walking through that door. Except for in week six when the Chargers come to town. He will be walking through the door. (laughs) I just, I, I, I like hearing something other than, oh, we got better today. Yeah. Well, I mean... Maybe you just had a shitty practice. Yeah, I I cannot remember a Jaguars player coming off the field on OTAs and bitching like this. And a, and I say bitching, but like he's heated and like this is positive. Yeah, it's good that he's bitching about guys not um, really. I mean, everybody's out there trying hard, which they've always been, even under Bradley. But <clears throat> are they really out there trying to become a champion every single day? And Telvin's questioning that. And when is the last time you got saw a guy for the Jaguars come out after an OTA and be pissed like that? Yeah. I've never seen it, I don't think. And he's not the only one. Mercedes Lewis pulled the offense aside last week, too, to uh, give them a little bit of his wisdom that he's gained yeah. over the uh, last 10 or so years for the Jaguars. What do you think, honey? You're awful quiet over there, buddy. Sorry. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, if I'm Telvin, not having your middle linebackers, it's a big loss, probably. It, it is probably a lot, very confusing out there for the whole defense, especially, you know, the front seven. Um, the defensive backfield is kind of separate from them, but, you know, that middle linebacker tells everybody the strength. He tells you where to line up. If you're wrong, he, he corrects it, you know. He is the quarterback of the defense. So. Right, and that's what Puzlesny was so good at doing. Yeah, and I think I think we kind of have been hinted at it a little bit before this. Like when Puzlesny said something about Miles Jack is progressing and he's athletic enough to do it and he's talented enough. But there's, gonna be there's never been talk about him fully, you know, uh, being able to comprehend the position. Yeah. And it's a big position to comprehend. I mean, it's not easy. So it, it'd be like... Peyton Manning, I don't want to put Puzzlesny that high, but it'd be like a, a Peyton Manning controlling the offense, and then all of a sudden. I mean, sudden, in terms of pre-snap, I I think it's fair to put him up yeah, there with a Peyton maybe, Manning type. Yeah, guy. but then all of a sudden you throw in a guy who's a second-year quarterback, who's very talented, but he doesn't quite comprehend. Of course, there's going to be yeah. people mad. So that's how I take it. I don't really think it's anything to worry about. But you do know. you agree with the Jaguars on this one? Going ahead and instead of you know making Jack prove that he can be the guy, they're just handing him the job. Yes, I know he's the future. I, I agree. I'm not saying that uh, I disagree with what they're doing. I'm just asking what y'all think mm-hmm. on that. I, I I don't know. I guess in the sense that it gives him a lot of confidence, and I think you at that point you're not playing looking behind your back as much you're able to just go out and play which is what I think they want him to be able to do Yeah. but at the same time I personally don't agree with the move of him going to middle linebacker at all I would have kept him 
at Sam or something else um, and kept Pozlozny at. Obviously, for them, the Sam's not as prevalent. Right. But I think you could have made the, the change to make the Sam a little bit more prevalent. And, and I think they still will do that, in my opinion, because they want Pozlozny on the field. I just think the best situation would be having Pozlozny at middle linebacker and then throw Miles Jack at Sam for one, you know, first and second down or so, you know, in obvious passing situations or in a, 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 a set nickel package, you put Jack in the middle and then take Paws off. But I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. That I don't understand. To and me, that's just me as a football coach. To me, it reads that, obviously I'm just speculating here, that this is probably going to be because Leslie's last year in Jacksonville. Um, you've got a guy who is going to be in the building. I don't think they have any plans on cutting him. Um, so do you want to just put put it off a year and still have and still be asking the same questions minus Paz being in the building? Where right now he's being able to, you know, baby, basically he's learning a new position himself, but also passing along the knowledge. Yeah, there's no question he's exactly helping what to do. Jack out, but I just, I just think that. They saw what was coming. They got ahead of it. They're trying to get what they can out of Puzlesny while having him in the building to basically mentor this guy and, and kind of show him the ropes on what it takes to be a middle linebacker in the NFL. Um, eventually, he was going to be the guy to move in the middle. And why I mean, not win? For me, he would have started at some point last season. So. Yeah. <laughs> why, why not get more athletic yeah. and, and just hope he, it, it clicks on him between the years? Yeah, there's enough talent around him on that defense by the time this season gets going. If he's still not at 100% in control, I think they'll still be okay. Yeah. It can certainly cause issues if not everyone is on the same page, but he seems like a smart guy, articulate guy. He certainly hasn't done anything to prove that he's not working his butt off. So we'll see. It'll be fun for sure. Number 44 in the middle for the Jaguars. But that goes back to what we were originally talking about with Telvin. Uh, His contract is up after 2017, his rookie deal. He's ready for a new contract. Yeah. Uh, A similar player for the Cleveland Browns, Kirksey, just got a... I think it was $38 million contract. Yeah, $38 million total. Over four years, yeah. so yeah, it's about nine nine point five a year. That's like that's ballpark Ooh. of where Telvin is looking, in my opinion. And are the Jaguars going to want to pay him that much money? Is something we'll find out. But I, I don't think <clears throat> that he's a player the Jaguars can just let go because regard or aside from his great contributions on the field, in terms of tackles and making plays, he also is just a leader. Mm. He brings the mindset, um, you know, the mindset that they don't want to lose. I mean, he's lost more games in Jacksonville than he lost in college and high school combined. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, so he's ready to win, and he's sick of, clearly sick of it. So Jaguars, if I was them, I'd be strongly considering trying to renew him right now. Obviously, $9.5 million is a lot, and he might be even looking for north of that because yeah. he's a more recognizable name than was the Browns player. But we'll see what happens, certainly. Uh, I think he's a leader that embodies Jacksonville because he's a late-round pick, kind of overlooked as a smaller-type linebacker, which is very similar to Jacksonville, always overlooked yeah. by, you know, by people and talked down about regularly in the national media and around other big cities, and uh, I think that's just a perfect... But we got heart, we got fight. That's right. Just like Telvin. Exactly. So that's exactly uh, where I'm going with that. I think he's a great leader for this city and for this team, so I would love to see him stick around. Mm -hmm. Now they might have a contingency plan already on the team. They might have drafted him. (laughs) So uh, we'll see what happens, certainly, but... I think regardless of what happens with the contract situation, we're going to see a very impressive 2017 performance by Telvin Smith. He's uh, yeah, he's going to come out here and just <laughs> and just go play ball and just light it up. Yeah, he's a fun player to watch, no doubt about it. Now, Cam Robinson signed his rookie deal today. He's the sixth player rookie that the Jaguars drafted this year that 
has signed his contract. Now only Smoot, the third-round pick pass rusher from Illinois, is the only one left to sign. So they're going to get everybody in. The days of long rookie holdouts is kind of in the past, even though you saw it last year with Joey Bosa. And that was more offset language and yeah. things like that. Now the numbers are basically just slotted. Yeah, so Cam is officially signed to the team. He's good to go. Is he the Jaguars starting left tackle week one? If he's in the building. <laughs> no, and Mr. Albert's still playing hooky. What do you think, Hunter? I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't. like. Uh, that's the one position on the team right now that I have no idea. Just because if, if Albert's in the building... Like, that's what you brought him here for. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you draft a second rounder, like, you want him to play. Yep. And they said they have no intention of putting Cam Robinson at left guard. Maybe they're thinking right. of putting Which, Albert at left guard? Like, I don't know. Like, so. Well, they, they said that he would compete at left tackle. Yeah. They didn't say. He, they didn't rule him out. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like a concrete statement yeah. that said he won't play anywhere I guess, else. I just, it was a message. I guess and, I just find. It seems very reminiscent of what they tried to do with Jokel and Beecham. You know, the loser goes to left guard. Like, I don't know if that's what they're going to do. So, this is the one position that's it stumped me so far. Yeah. Like, I, I have no idea. Because the main competition is, hasn't even made it to the building yet. So, you don't know. Like, the coaches haven't gotten to see him actually yeah, work on the yeah. field. And something just tells me Brandon Albert's not going to be in football shape when he gets there. He's not going to be yeah, ready to go. He's 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 a bet. He, I mean, he's I been in the league for for 10 years now. He's he should know how to get his body ready for football. I think at this point, the offensive line is the only position, the only spot on the team, group on the team that is all speculation. Complete speculation. There well, is except for Brandon Lender. But even that, like the way they're moving people around, like, they've said everybody's going to try. We're going to put everybody at every position. And whatever's the best fit is what we're going to do. If that's Linder at guard and Shatley or Boenko at center or, you know, however they find well, yeah, out. yeah, but the point is, wherever Linder is, that is that position it's, is no you longer can a question. Them, right? No, I agree yeah. with that. But I think so there's one just, position at least. You Well, you, there's at least <laughs> one name. You feel good about. There's yeah. one name that's going to be, yeah. And you're gonna feel good about that. And I Aren't there five offensive linemen though? Parnell though, I think Parnell's set, and I think Can's probably set. So you can probably set three guys. It's the two question marks, but it's just I'm confused with this one. Yeah. I mean, hopefully next next Thursday I'll be out at OTA, so I'll, I'll be able to give you all a little bit more insight. But we'll see. Oh yeah. So Cam Robinson signs. That happened today. Another bit of uh, roster movement happened today. Brian Walters was released, who is he's become sort of a fan favorite since he joined the team Depends in 2015. Uh, a lot of a lot of common people identify with him because he just looks like a little white guy <laughs> running around out there. Doesn't look like anything too special, but he was a reliable player. Caught 56 balls for the Jaguars. 599 yards, three touchdowns. He was always a backup, but there was always injuries both seasons that he was with the Jaguars that forced him into the lineup. And every time he got forced into the lineup, all he did was catch the football. Uh, In 2015, he was the highest rated player uh, in terms of catching the ball out of the slot by pro football focus. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Uh, But... He had an incredible time filling in in 2015. He made some big plays in several games, and he was just very reliable. He was reliable again last year. Uh, Not to gush over a guy who's obviously like a fifth or sixth receiver, but he was reliable when he was in the game. That's the bottom line. And, And the fact that we're talking about a fifth or sixth receiver and he's gotten so much talk over the past week, it just shows you how, well, like, what kind of impact the guy made on the team. Yeah. Because, I mean, he got there. Are, Allen Robinson and Marquise Lee over their career have gotten more flack than than this guy has. Yeah, no question. And they're the second round picks. They're the guys who are supposed to be, you know, the franchise wide receiver. So I mean, when this guy gets out there, how many times does he drop the ball? It's, it's very rare. rare. 
It's rare. He did drop one punt last year. He's he's not a world beater. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 just reliable. He's a safety blanket. Right. Now, on the flip side, he was a guy that, like we said, was going to be competing for a fifth or sixth receiver spot, and he doesn't bring a lot of value on special teams besides returning. Fair catching. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> or getting like a five-yard return. Make one guy miss and then get swarmed. Um, but the fifth or sixth receiver really needs to be able to do more than just one role on special teams. He needs to be able to be a gunner, a guy that can you know run down the field and make tackles. And Brian Walters isn't that guy. And so it was going to be a long shot for him to make the team anyways. It really was. I mean, he was going to be battling it out with Rashad Green, Aurelius Ben, mm-hmm. Shane Wynn. Guys like that. So we'll see what happens there. Um, obviously, D.D. Westbrook being in town makes it easier to get rid of a receiver. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting because he was signed just this offseason to a two-year deal. I mean, giving him a two-year deal instead of a one-year deal says something, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it. It's he had some interesting things to say on his way out, too. He's like, oh, you know... It, I, I he was only the doctor told him like four to six weeks, and he'd be good to go. Um, so he, I guess he got kind of caught off guard with the I, with the IR designation. Yeah. Um, he's like, I I hope I'm back in Jacks. I hope it works out that way. But I'll I'll he's 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 he even said I'll be on a team. Yeah. I'll find a team. So he's yeah. he, he seems pretty confident. It, it it's just it, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, he just received an extension. Um, Gets put on IR last week, this week. Yeah. See you later. But I do believe he gets a little bit of cash, though. Yeah, he settles. Yeah, they settle. a little settlement. <laughs> yeah. So, best of luck to Walters. It's obviously not the end of the world losing him, but he was a good guy, fun player to watch. Just kind of a fiery little guy that always made the right play, it seemed yeah. like. So. A target of too much black. I feel like because he's he did what he came here to do. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe people thought <laughs> thought he should should have done more, but I mean, I mean, before he got to Jacksonville, I think he had less than ten career catches. Yeah. So what he did here was pretty remarkable, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, after kind of bouncing around, good on a you, couple Brian other Walters. teams. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers to Walters. On that note, don't go to the Patriots and, and just kill it. Oh, that's all. He will. I was, I was he about will. to exactly the same. That's all I was about to say. Brian, yeah. he'd be a perfect fit for the Patriots. I, I like Brian Walters. Any white guy that gets cut from a team at receiver, <laughs> send him to the Patriots. Yeah. But uh, it usually does work out. I mean, it's pretty funny the way it works. I mean, they stole uh, Welker away from Miami back in the day. Amendola. They got lucky with Edelman. Um, Chris, they got Amendola from the uh, yeah Chris. I mean, you got Rams, Chris Hogan, Chris Hogan, Chris Hogan from the Bills. Was, yeah, and he was cut by the Dolphins. Yeah, you know, it's it <laughs> so funny. It's crazy, but uh, that's just one of those Patriots things. Man. He does have one thing that not many Jaguars have: Super Bowl ring. Yep. So <laughs> he he's got that. Yeah, you know, he can put that on his mantle. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. Now. In honor of Walters and his contributions to Jacksonville, I feel like it's a good time to go ahead and do our pop-top moment this of the This one's for you, Brian. <laughs> We're going to open our um, Rye IPA from Bold City downtown. It's 7%. And I can't remember the name, something but about the initials are PFS, and it has something to do with Frankenstein. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Possibly Frankenstein. Frank Frankenstein. Professor Frankenstein's <laughs> secret. Right, IPA. Well, neither of those are the correct <laughs> names, so don't quote us on that. But we're going to go ahead and pop this guy. Oh, it sounds so good. Doesn't it? All right. Let's give it a sip. Mmm. That is Rye IPA. No, yeah, it's, it's cool because it's got the... Hoppiness of an IPA, but it's not overly hoppy. And oh wow, I think it's got a very nice flavor. 
What's it smell like? Honey? It's not overpowering at all. I like, <laughs> I does, like that a lot. It does not smell like Bigfoot's bed. Oh god! Here we right. go. <laughs> it smells. It actually smells really good. It's kind of. It's got like a fruity smell almost. It's. I like it. Nice little color to it. And too. it's not as strong as a lot of IPAs. So. Yeah. I would drink this, and I'm not like the biggest IPA person in the world. Well, that is just great to hear, Hunter. <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, it's it's Hunter's daily, you know, spot of beer. Hunter's daily trash to sponsor. He's an idiot. <laughs> I, I love Bolt City. Now, we know his heart's in the right place. Again, <laughs> make sure to find Bolt City Brewery at Bolt City Brewery on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can also find them online at boldcitybrewery.com. And check out their new location in downtown Jacksonville on East Bay Street. Uh, killer spot. Great view. Fun little place to go get some experimental beers. You can try all these beers that we're drinking on the show today if you go down to Bold City downtown. Still got quite a bit of fun stuff to get into here. Um, we've still got our first game that Hunter is trying to boycott, but it's going to happen regardless of whether or not he wants to I'll play, play your stupid little game. <laughs> now, speaking of not a stupid game, the marketing game of the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp Ooh. is on point, is it not? It's, man, they, they're killing it right now. If you've been hiding awesome. under a rock for the last 24 hours, the shrimp released hats that are... Local college and Jaguar themed in terms of their color scheme. So they released a Jaguar, and all these hats just have the Jumbo Shrimp logo on them. They're snapbacks. The Jaguar one has, uh, what, what is, is it? I believe it's black. What's the fighting shrimp? It's got the black with the teal. Well, they've all got the same shrimp on them. No, they? they got different shrimp. Some got the shrimp okay. holding the state logo. This okay. one's like, Some have, like the fighting Irish ready to. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, it's a anyways. Black hat. They've got Jaguars, Hurricanes, JU Dolphins, UNF Ospreys. They claim to have the Sharks, even though more Bulldogs fans, Georgia Bulldogs <laughs> fans, are going to buy that than Sharks fans. Prove me wrong, Sharks fans. Uh, if any of you are listening, which you're probably not. Um, Gators. Yeah, FSU. Gators, Seminoles. I think that's all of it. Yeah, yeah. so need a, it's pretty awesome. Armada hat, I think. Yeah, they should do a I remember red, white, and blue would be really cool. Well, Armada are yellow and blue. Is it? I thought it was red, white, and blue. God damn it. See, this is the problem. Embarrassing it's, us on our golly, podcast. Are you sure? Yeah, yes. <laughs> are, you, are you positive? <laughs> are you positive? <laughs> I'm only a member of their fan club, Section 904. Uh, Shout out to Section 904. I remember so many people uh, were trashing the Jumbo Shrimps when it first came out. And I was like, yeah, I, I kind of like it. Yeah, dude. It's <laughs> I got yelled at. I mean, how can you... You are right. <laughs> you, you win. Oh, look at that. The Amada are yeah. red, white, and blue. How weird. How can you How can you knock um, <laughs> Crustacean Nation? Crustacean Nation is I the think best. Baseball's never been tarter. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> Shrimping ain't easy, you know? Shrimping all over the world. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I'm all about the jumbo shrimp. I think it's awesome. Um hard to knock a team that's doing something right obviously so yeah if those hats are still available i'm not sure if they are i know i already ordered one for myself the jaguar one did you order me one no okay <laughs> they're expensive man how much were they uh expensive oh god <laughs> no the hats are 32 but then there's like shipping and all that it was like 40 bucks i think but you can get them at jackshrimp.com i think you can also get them at their store at the baseball grounds it's just it's it's so cool how the the restrictions obviously the NFL is super strict on what you can what you can do with with the Jaguar like logos and things like that but the um, minor league baseball teams the rules are just I guess they're just mm-hmm. super lax yeah and you can really take liberties with with what you do with them and it's yeah just, I mean it's it's an awesome idea speaking of minor league it teams awesome. having crazy stuff the Sharks had um, like. Darth Vader on their jersey, I think. Recently. Oh yeah, they got some crazy. Like they had the, they do some crazy jerseys. Yeah, so I mean, you and... can definitely do some stuff. Yeah, and some things. Stuff and things. Yeah, you heard it here first. It's good. It's good. Uh, you're listening to the Gen Jag podcast. We're having a good old time over here. This is the 31st episode. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes Music, or iTunes Podcasts. 
uh, our website, genjag.com. We have all the latest news and analysis. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar and on Twitter at Generation Jag. Uh, Hunter, what's going on over Sorry. there? Sorry, the Jaguars color one is sold out. Oh, man. You heard it first. <laughs> and that is why I bought mine right when they got released. <laughs> I'd love to buy one right now. I, uh, I didn't even think that I was going to be able to get mine when I did it because it was like a couple hours after they released it. Yeah, man, it's but I got it. Hopefully it'll come in you one day. You ain't going to have it for long. Tell me when it gets here. <laughs> uh, so, shout out to Ken Babby and the Shrimps because they're doing just awesome marketing, awesome everything. They're incorporating all the fun stuff the Suns were doing and adding more cool stuff oh, yeah. to the events. So, good on them. $5 tickets. Thursdays, you've got dollar uh, Bud and Bud Light. We're not even sponsored by them, by the way. We just think it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, shout out. We ain't getting paid for this. No. <laughs> this is unpaid advertising. So I guess we should stop. <laughs> now, LaDainian Tomlinson had some thoughts on Leonard Fournette. Are we all privy to what, LT? Somewhat. So he expects Ooh. big things from Fournette. Oh, yeah. And he said he believes Fournette could get 12 to 15 touchdowns this year. That's a big old number. Woo. Jaguars haven't had a running back score 12 touchdowns since Maurice Jones drew scored 15 in 2009. In case Man. you can't do math, that's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so, 12 to 15 touchdowns. That's a big number. Is LT crazy or like he 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 kind of he he Does he just want him a little to bit. Be good? He he said he will be more of the focal point of the offense. He'll get a lot of red zone opportunities. Um, I don't. Yeah, know, I, mean, he, I don't. That, know, neither I, of those things are like uncommon beliefs. No, we all know he's, he's going to get he's the ball in the, the red guy. zone. He's, yeah. he's the dude. Now. Yeah, um, twelve to fifteen. I would like to be in the red zone that much. If last year was any indication, I mean, we got a long way to go before we're we got a running back. <laughs> Our running back core didn't get didn't break ten last year. They had three. Yeah, this running back. Like they, they, yeah. <laughs> okay, but this group close. of running backs taken away, like just put 2016 behind them. Mm-hmm. This group of running backs on paper is like maybe the strongest group of running backs in football. Yes, I mean I'm I'm all. I mean Fournette. I'm so obviously off. we believe to be a stud. Dallas is pretty good. Chris Ivory, we also believe to be close to a starter quality. Yeah, yeah, I think Chris. T.J. Yeldon, we believe to be at the least a very good third down back that can pass block and catch the ball out of the backfield. Yeah. And then you've got Corey Grant, who's just an absolute burner. Yeah, he's the home run hitter. Gosh, he can he can play. I think if the Jaguars get rid of him, he's going to wind up on someone else's team. There's no question yeah. about it. You don't let that speed pass him pass you by. I, I back getting but with, with what LT was saying, I mean, every, it's every Jaguars fan's dreaming about that. I just I think it might be just another one of those daytime show talking points where they kind of let's have something to talk about. I think you'd be over the moon if he got eight. Well, I don't even think touchdowns is the best way to judge his impact like it's not but if he has 12 touchdowns that means that offense is doing well in the win column it might be but at the same time like when was the last time you saw a jaguars running back break one for 60 even if he gets hawked down it's after 60 yards like i think ivory had like a 40 something yard Corey grant had one grant had a big but that's what i want to see i want to see a dude breaking one for a long run you know maybe if they stop getting hit in the back maybe i mean like a lot of like Yeldon had one, I think he broke, but he ended up getting tackled for like forty. Yeldon ain't never he, he doesn't have a break, break anything. Touchdown. He but just kind of ekes it out. I want to see a dude like run, and I don't feel like we've seen that in a long time. Well, you're yeah. gonna. Yeah. I I hope so, and I still think Yeldon's gonna be a good back. Like if you go back and look at his college days, he, he wasn't this kind of uh, if, running back. If the yeah. offensive line can give him a hole. But I don't can... even think it's that. I think it's how he's used. I think they tr- they wanted him to be a bell cow, and he's not a bell cow. Not in the NFL. Yeah. He wasn't a bell cow in college. 
Yeah. No, he always shared the load with the other guys the that load. Alabama had. He shared the load with Derrick Henry, and he showed the uh, shared the load with um, Trent, Richardson. Uh, Trent Richardson. And some with Eddie Lacy. So yeah. he's, he's always had a, a dude, you know, you could say, that's been around him. And I think now that he's got a Leonard Fournette, that just ups his game, and he's really good out of the backfield. It should. So And it's crazy. He can be so explosive in small areas, but as soon as it gets to be like a straight line foot race, he's getting tackled yeah. quick. Yeah, he's it's, not he's on the it fastest was, downhill. It was impressive in his first year or two, just what he could make out of a play. His lateral movement when there was just yeah, traffic in the backfield. Yeah, no like, question. And that's why I think on a third down or even a second down and long, like He's a guy that you can bring in and use effectively, but at the same time, you got to be taking four quarters of you know Chris Ivory and Leonard Fournette. That's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you throw a Yeldon who's fast laterally. Now you got to really break down and not just be throwing shoulders like you're going to be trying to bring with Fournette and Chris Ivory. Yeah. And, and I think Fournette's the same thing. Fournette's uh, his lateral movements underrated as well. I agree, mm-hmm. but his downhill. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, that's was, where he's a special If you player. go back to last year, he would have been the second fastest player in the league. Clock time, or clock speed. The fastest. No, second. He would have lost to the dude from... Uh, um, Are you talking about Xavier Rhodes? No, he would have lost to... They just released it last uh, week. Oh, okay. He would have lost to the guy from Kansas City. Oh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Tyreek Hill well, was number one and two. So Tyreek Hill is <laughs> just a little bit faster than... Not uh, much. Oh, like, no. A 5'10", 170-pound <laughs> guy is faster yeah. than a 240-pound guy. <laughs> By, like, a millimeter. <laughs> but, yeah. Millisecond, maybe. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Not millimeter. <laughs> That'd be a very short race. Um, no, but, I mean, this guy... He's going to get the majority of the touches. If anyone's going to get a touchdown from the running back position, it's going to be this guy. Yeah, I'm going to be freaking pissed, though, if he drives the ball down the field and they put Chris Ivory hey, in. And hey, yeah, that's, that, you know, that's going to really piss me off. Because they've done that crap in but the past. Know, I mean, Tom Coughlin would be running down suit and tie. Yeah. On, you know. <laughs> no, I don't see that happening. I, I'm not the biggest Fournette fan, and y'all know that. Like, I wasn't that excited about him at four, but... Like he's a really good running back, and he's a physical specimen. Like it's hard to not have a physical specimen back there and be successful. Um, so I mean, we'll see. And I think he seems like a very blue collar style guy. Yeah, he seems like he's really putting his work yeah, in. Yeah, really he shaved his beard. He did shave his beard just like Tom Coughlin told him, or Dave Coughlin. Yeah, no, told no, him. no one told him to do it. He did it on his own. That's what he, he specified. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, he Dave told. No, they did. Like, on the call when they called him they to tell that. him that he was getting drafted, <laughs> they said, and how about shaving that beard? And then Caldwell was like, ah, we're just teasing you. Yeah, you shaved And then he shaved his beard. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of the other young guys that just came in, he still has a beard. I think it might have been Blair Brown. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Do, you, do you think they told uh, this guy from Minnesota? Jalen Meyer. Yeah, you think they told Myrick to delete that tweet from a couple years ago? Oh, the one where <laughs> <laughs> he was talking trash. Yeah, to yeah. Will Duval about yeah. the Jaguars making not making the playoffs. Oh wow, <laughs> he was talking some trash. <laughs> he did. He even resp- said he was in high school. He responded. He was like, "Man, I was in high school. Lay but. off me." <laughs> well, hopefully he can help uh, Duval, prove himself yeah. wrong. Seriously, I mean, he's fast. He's four two seven guy. So. I want to see him and Corey Grant in a foot race. Yeah. Ah, that would be interesting. That would be awesome to watch. And then just throw Leonard, just the, the sheer size running next to him would be amazing. Yeah, I think the energy coming off his body might just <laughs> yeah might just make them <laughs> slow down. He's such a beast, you know? Um, now, we're going to get into our first game that we've ever played Ooh, on the show. Yeah. I, I was inspired by... The game that many people play. Deal or no deal. <laughs> not deal or no deal. But the... Monopoly. Nope, not Monopoly. <laughs> uh, the title of the game is a little bit inappropriate. F1, marry one, oh, kill yeah. one, something <sighs> like that. We don't have three options for this one. We have two options. Yeah, F1 and marry one. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Sign one, let one walk. Very simple. Okay. Now, the reason I think we should play this game is not because 
it has any relevance to actual reality. I don't think in any situation signing one of these players is going to absolutely mean you can't sign the other. Mm-hmm. But it's basically just a gauge to see these players that are about to have their contracts expire. Which ones of who's the most important player for the team? Yeah, working on a priority list. Yeah, of exactly. Potential free agents. So now all these guys, like I said, their last season on their contract is 2017, and all of them are former um, draft picks of the Jaguars, specifically from the 2014 draft class. It's kind of exciting. It is pretty exciting. I mean, this is a hell of a class. Having to actually, like, we need, we need to lock up these guys. Seriously. And actually have a draft class that we want to keep yeah. is sadly depressing and awesome at the same time. Back in a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> now, we're going to start off at the receiver position. Allen Robinson versus Marquise Lee. I think we touched on this a little bit in the past, yeah. but this is official. Between these two guys, give me the guy who's been healthy, except for a portion of his fresh, or his rookie year. Um, the guy who's made it to a Pro Bowl, who's set, who's been... Put up huge numbers. Been set Jaguars records. Set Jaguars records. Um, Allen Robinson has been the proven commodity on the field. <clears throat> he struggled last year, and everyone saw it. Um, Marquise Lee is nice. If he can stay healthy, he's a piece that you would also want to lock up. But, man, give me Allen Robinson. Hunter? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I... Marquise Lee, I think. Ooh, I I know he hasn't been healthy, and I know he only had one year, but to me, Marquise Lee is a better receiver. Mm-hmm. He's a much better talent. I think Allen Robinson has some very, very noticeable issues, mm-hmm. uh, and I think they figured that out last year. I don't know if he'll be able to come over that hump. And that's the thing. That's my yeah. question. If he comes over that hump and he's able to get over those hurdles, then I'm going Allen Robinson. Yeah. Because I think he's a bigger, more physical specimen. But when it goes to what I've seen so far on the field, Marquise Lee, even when they try and bracket him, is open. I, he can get open from the slot. He can get open from outside. He's more versatile. I think Allen Robinson showed last year that when you put a dude on him, yeah. it's hard for him to get off. He's not great against press. Or he's with, not with as, a guy having safety help. No, and he's yeah. not as physical of a receiver, and his route running is not that good. Mm-hmm. And that's obvious. I think Marquise Lee has more ways he can win. Um, Allen Robinson, I feel like... Has a more unique way that he can win. Yeah. And, and he uh, got yeah. away from it a little bit last year. I yeah. agree. But I think r- right now, if I had to pick one, I'd say Marquise Lee. At the end of the next year, it could it, I would I could see it being Allen Robinson. But right now, if I'm starting a team and that I have to pick one, I'm probably going to take Marquise. Yeah, I'll take Allen Robinson all day. Uh, love Marquise. Think he's a very good football player, but the injuries bother me. And Allen Robinson has shown that he can play at a Pro Bowl level. And Marquise Lee's best season, which was last season, he still wasn't anywhere close to what Robinson did the season before. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, so I completely agree. I'll take Robinson. It's hard. But... And even in Robinson's down year last year, which it was down, he didn't play great. He still made some incredible plays last yeah. year. People forget about them because of all the plays he didn't make, but there was still some ridiculous catches in almost every game by yeah. him. I mean, I completely agree, but his his lack of ability to track balls last year was concerning It was to me. bizarre. And his lack of body control on the sideline. Yeah, was it was different. It was weird, but... Uh, and his hands just disappeared. So. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be very interesting. Um now we're going to move on from Allen Robinson versus Marquise Lee. Robinson wins. Sorry, Hunter. That's fine. Somebody's got to pick somebody else, I guess. Um, Telvin Smith versus Brandon Linder. I'll go. Telvin Smith. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Give us some. I mean, do you want to read it? Yeah, give us some. Telvin Smith background. might be the best all-around person on the football team right now. And that's not player. That's that's everything about him as a human being. When it relates to the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise and this entire city, to me is a bigger impact and more important. Linder might be the better 
positional player and what he actually does on the field and the impact he makes during a game. But he hasn't stayed healthy. And I think at, in this day and age, like, yes, I would love to have a guy who we draft and retires as a Jaguar, becomes an all-pro, all this stuff. Great. But he hasn't quite proven that to stay healthy. And something about Telvin Smith, like, it's really hard not to have that guy on your team. Like, his his attitude and his play, his energy it's, too, it's yeah. contagious. Like, when he flies around on the field... That dude is just sideline to sideline. When 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 we drafted him, I was so amped. Just yeah. watch just the way. He, whenever he made a big play, he, he doesn't he, stop. Man, he he it's, loves it's it. It's amazing to watch him play. And that's not taking anything away from Brandon Linder. I gotta put that out there. I love Brandon <clears throat> Linder. He's a great offensive lineman. But something about Telvin Smith is just whew. all right. Scott Klein. This question is a lot harder than I anticipated when I was looking at it. Um, I, I got to take Brandon Linder um, because I, I think he's just he's just a better football player. This guy might be he, – he's one of the few Jaguars you could say is potentially a top five player out of his position. Yep, absolutely. Um, now, he's a quiet – he's a – you never hear from him. He's not a vocal leader. He's not a guy that I, you even really hear press conferences about. No. He doesn't. I, I I haven't heard him answer a question from a reporter probably since he was a rookie. Yeah. Um, you don't see him a lot. But sure. man, he that guy when he gets in the trenches, he gets the job done. No question. Uh, I'm going to side with Scott again on this <laughs> one. Brandon Linder is more elite player at his position. The Jaguars have drafted a player who projects as a guy who could easily replace Telvin Smith. They've also got a guy in the middle who could easily replace Telvin Smith if he doesn't work out at middle linebacker and Miles Jack. Uh, love Telvin. And I absolutely think the Jaguars should sign him. But if I had to pick one of these guys, I think Brandon Linder brings more. I think there's less behind Brandon Linder as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The drop-off, I think, will be greater between Brandon Linder's level of play and his backups versus Telvin Smith's and his backups. So There's no doubt. But he's, Telvin's got that it factor. There's yeah, no question it's, it's about it. It's hard to ignore that. Yeah, it is. And now we're going to go for maybe even... even even harder question. Championship battle. The, the winners of the, two, of the last two rounds. Yeah, which I, I kind of thought that's how it would go. Allen Robinson versus Brandon Linder. Brandon Linder. Okay. Would you like me to say why before you take your pick? <laughs> go for it, Hunter. <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, for me, Brandon Linder would have been number two or one or two for all three of those guys anyways. Like, I mean, obviously I picked Marquise Lee over Allen Robinson. Yeah. And I think with the receivers they already have, with Allen Hearns, Allen Robinson, Marquise Lee, and D.D. Westbrook, like that's four really good receivers. And if you can only keep three of those, at least you got three. Like Brandon Linder is like the only guy that's proven anything on the offense line, other than maybe a little bit of A.J. Can and some – if you consider Jeremy Parnell's whole career. But, I mean, again, Brandon Linder. And not to mention, another thing that I guess I didn't think about with the whole Telvin Smith question is you can't take out of consideration Brandon Linder's uh, relationship with Blake Bortles. That's huge, especially for if he's playing center. That's not something to overlook because mm-hmm. that center quarterback relationship oh, yeah. is very big. That I mean, you're communicating to each other every single play. So, uh, so prior to 2016, who would you have taken? Prior to last year, still Brandon Linder, A. Rob coming off his ridiculous Pro Bowl season. If Brandon Linder's at his best, healthy and at his best, Allen Robinson is at his best and healthy. Because wide receiver, regardless of what anyone says, is more important than center. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, that's that's and that's that's tough. That's actually leading into my. I'm also looking at what's behind Allen Robinson. And I think there's more, like going just like you were saying with Brandon Linder. Yeah, that's 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 a tough one. 
This I, is really hard. Like all three of these questions are really hard. Like, they are. They. It seems they're really, uncomfortable. I think it's easy up front, but when it's when you start to get to that back end of the in your mind, like it's like holy crap. Both both of you guys have kind of explained my stance on this on this pick. Um, wide receiver is much more important than center at this position. Um, the level of play and the depth behind him is Brandon Brandon Linder is the winner on there. To me, Brandon Linder might be the best player on this football team, and I it's it's hard to look away. Look, I mean, look look at um, what Alex Mack did to Atlanta. Yeah, there's no question. He had about a big it. impact, and that is not a big impact. It's it's more important than a lot of people say, but it's it's not a big impactful as wide receiver. Right. But Brandon Linder is the better football player. Yeah, that's it. I tend to agree, but I would take a Rob. I think it's easier to find great linemen mm-hmm. than it is to find guys that can do what Allen Robinson can do on the football field. And you know, could be wrong. There's a ton of great receivers coming into the league this year. There's tons of good young ones, but what a Rob did in 2015 and some of the stuff he still did in 2016, like. There were games in 2016 where he still put up two touchdowns and 150 yards. Like yeah. we we haven't seen that. There, there's been maybe two other receivers that have done that here. Right. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. The last one that I wanted to go over is Allen Robinson versus Telvin Smith. Now, Hunter, since you picked Telvin or you picked Marquise Lee over Allen Robinson, you can do Lee versus Smith. God, Lee, this is tough. Like, all of these are really... Because I feel like every time I answer, I want to, like, take it back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because I think all of them are so important. Um, Telvin Smith versus either Allen or Marquise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go receiver on this one. Okay. Like, because I'm... On, yeah, I'm going to go receiver. Yeah, I think I would, too. Yeah. I mean... You can find Wills. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Telvin. They might yeah. already have one. Yeah, That's true. I mean, but I think, like... He was a fifth-round pick. His... God, he's good, too, though. His... I mean, quote like alleged predecessor is a fifth round pick. Um, you got you pay the premium positions. I mean, it's just just looking at the position that's more important. Yeah. Like, there's a question. Telvin Smith might not be signed at the money he's looking for just because of the position that he plays. Let alone deciding between a Pro Bowl wide receiver and him. So I mean, it's Jalen Ramsey receiver. Jalen Ramsey Jaylen over Ramsey everybody. Over everybody? I, okay, yes. I, I apologize. Might as well I apologize, add, I mean, Jalen. I had a couple little random ones, but Jalen <laughs> yeah. Ramsey over everybody. Yeah, what y'all are saying. Yes. No. Yeah. Sign him now. Not like, even close. Go ahead and go ahead and give him a hundred million a year. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> might as well ask. I mean, yeah. Know, there's there's a couple like that are really interesting. Brad Nortman might like. Might what about? Him, but. <laughs> but what about like? I mean, even. Like what about like a Malik Jackson nope. and a Mm-mm. I mean pick I'm not seeing Jalen Ramsey take him out of the picture, okay. but like a Malik Jackson and a Brandon Linder or like you know oh that is a good one That's why don't we one. go get into that in the future we can keep because I mean this should be a fu- we, we play, play in this game and I think you could go, you could go coaches I mean there could be and we could just do this so we did a lot of guys today obviously because we were focusing on the guys that were. Mm-hmm. Up for a new contracts. Um, so, like from now on, we could just do one guy a week oh, or two, for two com- one guy compare two guys. You can make week. really interesting ones. So yeah, let's let's do that. So much forward. better than pin the tail on the donkey. <laughs> so <laughs> sign so one, hesitant. sign one, let one walk. Maybe we could come up with a more fun name for the game, but for now, it'll certainly do. Hope it. Uh, it was. The point of it is to be informative and to give some real insight and thought into these players beyond what we normally just talk about. Now, our last uh, topic for the show this week, Ike Taylor of NFL Network, also formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had some solid years in Pittsburgh. Oh yeah. He was never like the premium cornerback in football, but he was always uh, average to above average guy. And he won two Super Bowls. <laughs> so yeah, that, that helps. Can't knock that. And he's an entertaining guy on NFL Network now. Yeah. I like him. I, I don't have any problem with him. He came out with a list of the top five cornerback tandems in football. Now, we're going to go from five to one here. 
Second week in a row, cell phone's gone off there. How about that? Fun stuff. Now, <laughs> we're going to start from the bottom of the list and work our way up. Number five is the New England Patriots, Stephon Gilmore and Malcolm Butler. Uh, that's obviously an impressive combo. I think Butler's the more consistent pro, whereas Gilmore can be that playmaker that just obviously can go off at any time and make big plays for the defense. Then you've got the rest of the way in is really, really star-studded. Jason Barrett and Casey Hayward for the Chargers. Barrett has established himself as one of the very best cornerbacks in football, probably top five. And then Casey Hayward goes off and gets seven interceptions in 2016 and leads the league. So that's a really nice, nice duo right there. Then you've got... The New York Giants, who I don't really buy this one as much. Yeah. And he made it into a... Janoris Jenkins helped a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it but might like, just be him and... Putting Janoris Jenkins... And this... It's supposed to be tandems, not yeah. not trios, but duos. So, he says the trio of Jenkins, Apple, and Rogers, Cromartie, puts them in here. But, if you're looking at either of those duos... I don't really think it's quite up to snuff. I mean, you've got a rookie. Yeah, he's he, he, I mean, he, he didn't blow the doors off him, but I mean, he, yeah. he had a pretty decent year. Yeah, I mean, second year player. Yeah, was, I'm sorry, second. No, I said he was a rookie. No, this will be his upcoming second. Oh, year. correct. Yeah, yeah, you were you were right. I said he was a rookie. He's not. He's coming off his rookie year, uh, and then you've got. Aqib Talib and Chris Harris, who obviously... They're pretty good. <laughs> that is a one hell of a duo. Pretty good. And that's number two. And the fact that Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye came in in front of them is really something. Obviously, we've talked about this duo before, but this is going to be really tough for offensive coordinators to deal with. Do you think that they, they stand up to these other duos, Hunter? Uh, on paper, yes. Um, <clears throat> I think when you get into it, you know, what they actually do on the field is tough. Uh, right now, it's a lot of speculation. Well, um, in my mind, Jalen Ramsey stands up to anyone. Yeah. Right now. Easy. Yeah. He's a top five cornerback right no, now. No, I, I agree. But, like... Is Boye going to be able to convert to... we also don't know what they're going to do with him on the field. That's also another thing that's interesting. Like... Are they going to play field and boundary? Or are they going to play right and left? Like, how are they going to play? I think Ramsey's going to cover their best player. He's going to fight AJ Boye on the it's, field if he doesn't get. I I mean, if I, he doesn't get DeAndre Hopkins that, against the Texans, that he's going to that gonna whole fight. idea. The only problem with that idea, and I, people say that a lot, like, oh, we're going to put this guy on this receiver all game. Like, yes, it sounds good in theory, but it doesn't really ever happen. And there's a reason for it. Because when you do that, you end up giving a lot of stuff away, A. And two, and B, you, you pigeonhole yourself in what you have to do defensively. Yeah. So that's why I don't think that's necessarily what they're going to do, if that makes sense. Like when you we'll go. See. The offense can dictate. What I think is more of an indicative yeah. thing is what they're going to do is they're going to go field and boundary nice corner. Snack. Thank you. I almost dropped that one. <laughs> uh, but field and boundary is just you put your boundary corner is usually your best guy. Because usually in the, in the boundary which is the short side of the field, you're going to put your, your single receiver, your better receiver. So you put your best guy. More one-on-one matchups, he's more on an island by himself. In the field, you're able to mask some stuff because you do have safety help and you have linebacker help. Um, so that's what I would see more of them doing. Um, I mean, again, on paper... And it paper, can always be a game-by-game basis yeah, thing, like, too, which I, they did last year. They didn't have Ramsey do the same thing every and single No, game. because and, I don't think it's possible. Yeah. And they won't be they won't be worried if the number one guy ends up on Boye. I mean, you, no, you, I, you, again, you, I, think I think you feel pretty comfortable. On paper, that. yes, it's the best two. But even deeper than that, it's the best two followed up by really good two. I'm surprised you know, they're the above Tlaib yeah. and Harris. To be yeah, honest. I mean, I'm that is really something. <laughs> the the rest of them, you can argue, I can, they're better than them. I, that's I why I think it's more no of a potential. Yeah. Ranking because if you think about it, Look these, these two Ramsey have a chance to be, yeah. you know, five, ten year tandem. Like, that's, that's yeah. a possibility, a realistic that's possibility. Crazy. And these guys, they're going to get to go up against some fun competition this year at wide receiver. 
Um, Houston obviously has Hopkins mm-hmm. week one. You've got him and Will Fuller, and they've got several other guys, young guys. I think Braxton Miller's over there. Yeah. And then Tennessee has been drafting receiver <laughs> lately. They got Corey Davis. They got another guy. Number one it? receiver in the draft. And then uh, Baltimore's receivers aren't great right now. They do have Rashad Perryman. Mm-hmm. They've got some guys, but they're not exciting. The Jets aren't exciting. Pittsburgh, you got Antonio Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Martavis Bryant's supposed to be back. You also got Juju Schuster. Yeah. Uh, so they've got guys. The Rams, not exciting. Colts, obviously, T.Y. Hilton. And uh, gosh, what's their Mon- other? Uh, Moncrief. Yeah, Dante Moncrief. Moncrief. Uh, so they've got talent, obviously, with the quarterback, too. Cincinnati. And you got Cincinnati, uh, A.J. Green, Los Angeles Chargers. you got Keenan Allen. They drafted John, Mike Williams. John Ross and Cincy, too. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. He's going to be a nightmare. Uh, Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> Arizona might have the deepest group of wide receivers yeah. in football. They've got I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, J. John J. Brown, J.J. Uh, Nelson, yeah. all sorts of guys over there. Colts again. Seattle, Seattle. That's, that's fun. They've got Doug Baldwin. They've got... Yeah, Jermaine Curse. They've got a, a yeah, fun, that's, that's fun tough. group there. Houston again. San Francisco, not exciting. Tennessee, not exciting. But that is a ton of good receivers they're going to face off against this year. It'll Shut them fun. down. It'll be fun to see. But that's going to pretty much do it for our show today. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks to Bold City Brewery for being the best sponsors ever. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. Make sure to check out GenJag.com. We've got the Jaguars schedule. We've got all the latest news and analysis, videos, podcasts. we got it all there for you. There's info about our GenJag annual memberships where you get to tailgate, eat and drink for free at every tailgate. Make sure to check that out at GenJag.com slash membership.html. And uh, make sure to follow Scott Klein on Twitter, at ScottKlein1. Hunter Evans at Coach H underscore Evans. You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter and follow Generation Jaguar on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar on Twitter at Generation Jag. And have a lovely day, Duval. It's been great spending an hour with you. Go Jags. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.